Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 101. Welcome back, Adam Antimaniacs. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison, here with Conan the Podcast Dog, and thank you very much for tuning in today. It's been a little while since our last episode, probably the longest break that we've taken during the course of this podcast, but I I think like many others during this pandemic have gotten a little bit exhausted of the Zoom calls, and with it being a beautiful, warm, and sunny summer, I just wanted to reduce my screen time as much as possible because goodness knows if we're going to be stuck inside for a while again come the fall and winter, so I just wanted to be out and enjoying the outdoors as much as possible. That being said, today's episode was recorded in the great outdoors. I started to figure, you know, if we can have healthy conversations with our neighbors outside, then, you know, what's the harm in sticking a microphone in between that space? So today's guest is the awesome Toronto band, the Darcy's, who are mostly known as the duo of Wes and Jason. And I met up with them in a park here in Toronto. And we had such a great chat from a safe distance. And I have to admit, it felt really, really good to be able to do it face-to-face in person again. I mean, we've had some fantastic stay-home episodes that we did over Zoom or FaceTime and even episodes that we wouldn't have been able to do otherwise because those people wouldn't have been in Toronto. But I have to admit, it felt really great to get back to doing the podcast the way it was designed. That being said, the only downside about doing it this way is, you know, we are uh, safely spaced from each other and we're in a public area, so there is a little bit of ambiance. And also, as good luck would have it, our interview was also scheduled at the same time as the garbage route for that neighborhood <laughs> at the time. So there is a couple minutes where you'll hear uh, garbage pickup being happening in the background, but it's all, uh, all part of the Adamantium podcast experience. Anyways, it was great to have the Darcy's on the podcast. It was very nice meeting the guys. The Darcy's are releasing a new album in the fall, so that's in the next coming months. They have a new single out called Look Me In The Eyes, which is really awesome. It's super catchy. Might be my favorite Darcy song to date. So definitely give that a listen. Uh, We talk a lot about the song and the album during the interview, as well as what it's like creating music during the pandemic. And we talk about a lot of topics, actually. But before we get into the interview, we're going to do the Adamantium Recommend segment. And for any new listeners, what that is, is for people who might not be super familiar with, say, the Darcy's music, it's five songs recommended by myself that you could go and check out before uh, or after the interview to get a taste of what that artist is like. So I do usually like to start with something new, and also, like I said, the new single is maybe my favorite song by the Darcy's anyways, and so that's their new single, Look Me in the Eyes. My second recommendation is a song called Just Here With My Friends, which also features Leia Faye from July Talk, so that's super cool. My third recommendation is a song called Miracle, which was from their last album, Centerfold. My fourth recommendation is a song called Better Days. And then my last recommendation is a nice, smooth, easy listening song called Ocean Eyes. So if this is your first time listening to the Adamantium podcast, first of all, thank you so much for tuning in today. We're glad to have you, and we hope to have you back again. We would absolutely love for you to hit that subscribe button on whichever podcast platform you choose to use. You can also follow the Adamantium podcast on social media. We're on Instagram at the Adamantium. We're on Facebook at the Adamantium podcast. And we're on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. 
And that is all for now. So we will get into today's episode, which is episode 101 of the Adamantium podcast featuring the Darcy's. Thank you very much for tuning in. I hope you enjoy and have a fantastic week ahead. Dodger Stadium. Set up the LA. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, do you guys, do you guys do a lot of work out there too? Yeah, basically we were there full time, and then okay. COVID. We came back on March like 18th. Or yeah, right. whenever when they when were everyone like, went into panic mode. Like Canadians go back to Canada when you couldn't even get wilty lettuce. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, get you, had to, you had to wipe yeah. your ass with. And that's lettuce. the thing everyone's <laughs> saying now. They're like, they're like getting ready for second wave. I'm like, are we gonna do the whole TP thing again? No, from what I well, from what I heard is even like they just they know so much more about it now. So there wouldn't be from what I've read anyways, there wouldn't be like a massive shutdown again. Yeah. If it broke out anywhere, it would kind of be like localized mm. closings. That's good. So, but I mean, we've done pretty good here. Yeah, school will be an interesting. LA's, one. I know, I don't know what it's like in LA. But LA's on the up. I mean, turn. between the riots, the wildfires, the election, and COVID, oh God, so. yeah. yeah, that, here. and all the pre-existing <laughs> issues. Yeah, yeah, that's why. Like, my my girlfriend lives there. She came back later. I think she came back in. Um, April, end of April. Oh, yeah, maybe early May. To Vancouver, which is where our family's from. Yeah, and it was just like we we are. I don't think we're gonna go back till after the election. Just cause yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just depending on how the election goes. I think it's madness. It could just be a nightmare anyway. Yeah. So and our record comes to like four five days later or whatever. Right, right. Might not matter at that point. Yeah. So. Well, you can promote it locally, right? And yeah, and like yeah, and then be like, cool if you're your I mean, cell like, phone play shows <laughs> right uh, yeah other than other we'll set than up in the park so yeah this is one of my questions actually like obviously you can't obviously there's no touring and gigging all, all obviously, that's obviously been a big effect but what about like creatively have you guys been affected by this like was there a point where you guys couldn't see each other no because we were in LA and we flew home, flew home together yeah. and then Jason didn't have a place here so right. he stayed at my so place so you guys were always in like the same bubble so we were always in the same bubble so it was between my place and the studio essentially until he started Airbnb gotcha. and Beast it's actually a pretty comparatively it's a pretty good situation well we were lucky in the sense that I think that the like early onset of the malaise didn't hit us till a lot later right because okay. we had the ability to work yes and um I was saying this recently that like it's hard to find a silver lining in the like COVID. It's, yeah. it, it feels a bit <laughs> insensitive. Um, but as far as the production of the record and getting to the record that we wanted the record to be, which we didn't even know it could be, mm-hmm. we got to because we had this extra time during COVID. Right. Uh, we wrote a bunch of songs for our sync catalog, and that really informed how we produced and wrote music, which I think put us in a place where we could go back in under the hood of the record and go like, okay, well, this is cool, or this might be crammed in there, or like, there's so many, based on the new spread of how music works, it's like, well, right. do you include Just Here With My Friends, or do you include this song because they have, you know, two million plays, does that help? Right. Or do you want to keep the record more cohesive, and like, what is the trajectory? Mm-hmm. Um, so it allowed us to keep revising the record, and we used to celebrate, we'd go out and buy, buy a nice bottle of wine or something, and and celebrate the uh, record being finished, and we just kept buying and yeah, celebrating. Yeah. It was like, so we were like, wow, we, we, we were really partying. Yeah, yeah it, there's kind of like a, a two-pronged 
situation there where we were like we had no distractions yeah because we had there's no social things going on at all and that's kind of at the moment when fear was at its highest so we were just like okay we're pretty much bunkering in the studio and we had this project like Wes is saying like to create a whole bunch of material uh, for this for this one thing and so we were kind of like just cranking through music like producing so much and then when we kind of turned the focus back on the finishing touches on the record we were in this kind of vibe of like just trusting our intuition and like working fast Mm -hmm. and I feel like that really helps you break out of overthinking things and and like hyper analyzing it and worrying it's just like it's almost like a little bit more like (laughs) for the music a little more freedom (laughs) for the rest of well totally because you just you like think something and you do it and then you just have this immediate like reaction to it rather than like all the planning and calculation had happened in the early phases of the record so we knew what we were going after and what our goals were it was just a question of like satisfying them yeah and also just you know I mean the fact that most of it is the two of you then it's you know you can bunker in together and do yeah. it I mean I it's was, a slippery slope when you don't have anyone else to like we we definitely don't let well, people right, in true. until yeah. later can probably get into your own little tangents yeah. and then be like and we oh, definitely had we some songs that we were like I don't know how this one's gonna go over it's, yeah, it's actually good <laughs> and then it was it was really strange because uh, Look Me In The Eyes and another song um were really late additions to the record so I think the first incarnation of the record was people were like what? what's going on? Yeah. and then we sort of built it into this sort of um, more uh, clear universe and like it had a bit of a narrative that we felt really strongly about and then it all made sense but for a while there it was like this is like a six minute song here it's like really kind of exploratory like, I don't know what you're going to think. Like, check it out. And, and weirdly, like, people really gravitated towards the super strange ones. Okay. I don't know if strange is the right word, but... Maybe that's more, what they come to expect, though. Yeah. <laughs> more exploratory at this point. So so that was nice. And then I think freed us up to be like, okay, cool. We uh, did one for us or a bunch for us. And then we kind of went back in and said, we should probably write Which is such radio, an encouraging so. thing, like, to take a total risk on a song and be like, we're just doing this one 100% for us. I mean, I know maybe that kind of breaks the allure a little bit. People think that that's yeah. all artists do 100% of the time, but, right. like, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's almost impossible to be 100%, like, just for you because, right. like, you have so many other things that influence it, like mm-hmm. what's going on in the world, what's going on in the, in the musical landscape. And also, you know, in, like, our entrepreneurial society, like, trying to survive as independent creators and business people, of course. Wanting to create something that people are going to like. But then taking the risk and just being, like, screw all that. Like, we're just going to, like, go down the rabbit hole and make something totally wild. Yeah. And then playing it for all of our our friends and and people who are collaborators. And then being like, that's, that's the shit. Yeah. And we're like, what? Like, we cracked it. We cracked something open that... We were like, whoa, okay, cool. Like, we almost were like nervous to send it to anyone. They might right. be like, oh, you guys went loco and lost it. Like, you know what magic's I re- over. I but. realized, which is super interesting, is there's a song. It's weird to not talk about like the song titles on the record, but um, the first song, sort of the more exploratory stuff we did, I was. At the bottom, it had like outtake lyrics from the song. They, like just extra stuff didn't work yeah. different verse all this thing 
and I realized that there's another song that I add late to the record that it's almost entirely that same okay. part. Yeah. It just didn't work in this one song and then got repurposed and was like this entirely new song. Right. Which is really strange to, Very cool. to learn about. Was that. there like a Steely Dan B-side we came across one time that like the verse was a different melody but the same lyrics to the chorus of another song? I think that happens all the time. No, it's the Tom Petty demo. It oh, was that the, it? Uh, there's like Wildflowers is one of my favorite records. And yeah, they, yeah. They're reissuing it now and they put out a demo for, I forget what song it was. But there's... They, they repurposed the parade into like the chorus of a different okay. song, which is just interesting. There was um, a song on the last Lumineers album that they had. I like I, I was listening through the album and I was like, I've heard this song already. And they had used it was weird. They had used the exact same like rhythm and melody, but the lyrics they had used different lyrics and they had done it for like a Game of Thrones album. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I and heard then that yeah, but then the album on the album it was the same. And I was like, I've heard this song, but. Different, yeah. yeah so I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. they weren't the first to do it. <laughs> well, we were talking about Radiohead last night when we were working. Yeah, and they well. have, we get the, all the different versions. We have a I'm a Kid A Morning Bell, Jason's a Amnesiac Morning Bell. It's quite a divide in our right. friendship. We actually debated it quite at length recently. I was so. talking some real trash about Amnesiac. <laughs> well, Radio, I mean, Radiohead's at the point where you don't need to worry about money anymore, so you just make whatever the hell you want. I mean, <laughs> they, you know what? They were at the and point who, where doesn't like they, it, screw them. they <laughs> could have, like, following the Benz, they were they made a choice to yeah. get Weird and OK Computer, and then that worked for them. Right. And then they made the choice again to, to be like, we could be massive, massive, yeah. massive, or take another risk. They... They're just lucky because all their risks paid off. Right, right. But I, who like, else I, does that happen to? Like, yeah, I have to admit I'm a pretty fair weather Radiohead fan. Yeah. And I, I went to see them once and I knew I'm like this is I'm either gonna know everything or I'm gonna know nothing that, that happens yeah. here. I knew one song. Oh like, really? Like I, I know their their greatest hits. Garbage being picked up, of course. Oh, not cool. time out. Yeah, I mean, but I'm sure the show was pretty right. impressive. It was. Like I enjoyed it, nevertheless. But I was like. Uh, I think I knew one song in the yeah. entire set list because I'm like I know their greatest hits or whatever. Yeah, and, and they changed some stuff and even too. St- yeah, and even the one song was like one that I just happened to know. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So whereas one of my buddies saw them at like Oceaga, and it was like they played their greatest hits. <laughs> well, I think that's also tough for artists that like have been around that long and have that much music. Like, yeah. of course they want to play their newer stuff, and you want to hear Creep. Yeah, yeah. And they're like... Some dude is just chanting. Some drunk dude in the... Over that's the like every... Sh- I don't think they play it. What? Creep? Yeah. No, they I don't do, think they, most no, they, they don't. They play it now. Yeah, my friends said they played it when, when he went to see them. See, so I think they, they kind of understood when they were playing, like, the festival circuit that they yeah, needed to, like, do more. And they're playing, like, two nights in a lot of cities where they can expand their... Yeah, I think that was the case when yeah. I saw them. But when you're the playing, demographic must have changed because it was, like, probably... Like, us... And people our age and whatever, and then it was like all of a sudden like twenty year olds going to Oceaga. Like, well, right. that's why I think they played more of their recognizable stuff. Whereas when they come to Toronto and play two nights at ACC, they can play they expect their fans to come. Yeah. Times, yeah, I'm not complaining. I got promo tickets anyway, nice. so fun. I actually another side story. I did try and go to see Radiohead when I was in high school once, but I got caught in a ticket scam. Oh really? Oh. Yeah, I got caught in a ticket scam, and I think I lost like. Two hundred dollars or something like oh, that, which no. at the time was a lot of like a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. You got tickets to the show that was It was canceled. like an amphitheater. No, no, oh no, not that the one. The blackout. No, the, that was the one where the stage collapsed, right? Oh, oh no, that was later. That was later. Okay. No, it was one. they haven't played here since? Yeah, they came back. I they saw came, I, I think the one I the, went to was the first time they had played since the two stage nights the collapse. But uh, no, I, I tried to go. It was a show at the amphitheater. I think I was like 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got tickets off someone online. It was a scam. Bogus, yeah. yeah, it was a scam. And brutal. Well, yeah, you're not going to get brutal. scammed on any concerts in. in no, the not in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about that. No. Uh, okay. Enough of that sidebar. <laughs> but uh, but I mean, I, what I was generally saying was, I guess you guys have a pretty, as far as it could be, you guys have kind of what is like the best situation. I was talking to like one band, and half of them were like in the UK, and half of them were in LA. Yeah, I and mean, they were like sending pieces back and forth. I think we could work like that too. We just, I think that the reason we were so plugged into creating the way we were is it gave us a lot of purpose during COVID. And I think that I probably right. would be in a much worse place if I was just like sitting at home being like, cool, here's my part, like check it out, and then like send me a thing and I'll just right. sit here and wait. It was just much more like hands on and it just felt like, I, I think that like having some companionship and people around and stuff yeah. like that was helpful and like yeah. my partner being away like in, in LA and, and Jason um, not having one at the time was just like we had something to do we had yeah. somebody to talk to instead of just seeing in your house being like well and that's where you're seeing everybody else being like I just watched all of Netflix oh, and yeah. it's like I'm like so glad Netflix. I wasn't I in that yeah. yeah I'm very thankful for the fact that we had like purpose and yeah. and a like a place to go to yeah because that I don't know how I would have dealt with that probably yeah. not so well on the like everyone not well <laughs> yeah. yeah but on the flip side we worked so much and delivered so much that now it's like you take a week off and you're like it's like if you go to the gym every day and then you stop going to the gym you start to feel guilty it's like you don't right. you're not delivering music you're not doing anything you're like you feel like you, I should your be doing purpose something. is shifting you're like creating I should be doing today. something because this is what I just like programmed in my brain for four months to be doing every day yeah so it's just about finding that balance and and, uh, and uh, trying to work your way through it. Well, let's, you know, on that topic, let's speak about something that you have put out in this time, which is the first single, Look Me in the Eyes, um, which I personally think is really cool. Um, I really dig it. Um, in fact, I think it, it might actually be my favorite song of your guys nice. so far. Boom. Yeah, it is, it is really... I don't know, it, it is my, like, it fits with my tastes very well, so I, I, I really enjoy it is is like how is look me in the eyes kind of like a taste towards what the album we're, we're, we're gonna see in the fall I think that it like when we went back into the album we were looking for ways to unify the songs yeah and we knew we wanted to write some songs that would speak to radio or to certain playlists and, and whatever and so it's a really fine balance between creating something that fits within certain structures and demands of certain uh, mediums and also feeling really good about it as an artist because mm -hmm. you don't want to just write a terrible song that does really well that you have to then own for the rest of your life. Yeah. Right? So I think it was really great to have all of the rest of the record at our disposal to pick and choose sort of the elements that we thought would sort of blend well to create this song that might be a little more up-tempo or it might be a little more this or that and to have all of that stuff it's almost like you have a 
like a Darcy's coloring book that's already there for you. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay, I know what I what we're doing right now. I'm I'm on topic. I'm on task. I'm I'm creating within this universe. Mm-hmm. And we created this like really um, intense uh, and detailed deck that was like the mission statement for the record. Yeah. And we could just refer to that and go, okay, this is what we're trying to do here, and not sort of. I think we always have this problem of starting the next chapter, and then we're like trying to cram a record on a, a song on a record that maybe feels like it's it's from the thing. next iteration. Right. And yeah. so this one, it really grounded us. We had this deck, we had this record that was still open, and we were just so uh, busy working and writing that we just sort of effortlessly went into writing. Gotcha. Um, look me in the eyes, and it just okay. like, happened really quickly. We were in this mindset of having like directive going into songs, and so we that was the kind of like energy that we were using. Right. But I think it's it's really important that like although it was created with a kind of a purpose in mind. Gotcha. It was all built like from authentic ingredients. Like right. that was kind of the idea of us like getting really deep into building sounds and building this universe and all the kind of like like symbolism and storytelling that we wanted to to get across. It's like we already had established all that. So by the time it comes to like expressing this song, it's kind of like a culmination has like little trinkets of all those mm-hmm. different things that'll like open up kind of in more specific ways throughout the record. Gotcha. Very cool. And so did, had you, you, you I'm, I'm assuming you had already started working on these songs before being locked away at home. <laughs> we kind of, we had had a record that was sort of in place and yeah. we knew we wanted Chasing the Fall to be on the record because that was sort of in this sort of beginning of creating this, this atmosphere in this world and uh, Boys Don't as well, and in finding, we found that we created something that just didn't feel cohesive, and so we had some songs. But looking back, I would say like 70% of what's on the record now came during COVID, or if not fully during COVID, like certain songs were reevaluated and changed, gotcha. and then sort of recontextualized. Mm-hmm. So we'd recorded some stuff, but then we were, during COVID, we were mix starting the mixing process and that's when we kind of that always reveals things i feel like when you're in the studio recording you're like this is great this is great it's so fun it's exciting you have the energy of like being in you know in, in the process but then you're like oh this will make sense later when it's mixed so this will make sense later and sometimes it does and sometimes it's totally solved and there's mm-hmm. other times where it like reveals mm, that's not right or that part's not right or gotcha. this part's too long or this like there was one song that that <laughs> seems so so like kind of lost to us and we didn't really we couldn't figure out what to do with it and then Wes yeah. like had some sort of epiphany and got on the phone with uh, Maddie Green our mixer and like like conducted this massive edit and rearrangement of the song that I just, did like, cut six minutes out of the song really? <laughs> yeah he was like bear with me it was me. like a 12 minute epic bear I, with me just listen to this with an open mind yeah. and I, I was like oh my god Dream what is gonna happen now and then <laughs> yeah. I popped it in my headphones and I was like meets the Darcy's I was just like I'm sold like you, oh, okay. you figured it out yeah well sometimes it's just you gotta like kill your darlings or whatever and there's just a lot yes, yeah. in that song that felt like this is cool, but is it great? Or I like it, but does it matter? Yeah. And, and I remember calling Maddie, and Maddie was just kind of like, you know, we could have done this like in the studio or like when we were mixing or whatever. And I was like, I know, I know, but I just think I got it. Just, just listen. Yeah. To me. And then he was like, okay, okay. And then he just sent me back this version, which was 80% what I had told him, and then 20% I miscommunicated, but it right. just worked. And that's what made. Or he he overrode you. <laughs> No, he, he thought, because I, I talked to him after, he just thought that that's what I was sort of suggesting. Yeah. And it was just different, but it 
it was not something that I would have thought of, but it just, I think that that sort of, like, community and having different ears on the track really made it sort of... And in the, in the press release, uh, I read that there was, the subject matter itself was about realizing hard truths in a relationship. So how was that kind of relevant to you guys at, at the time when you wrote it? I think it, you know, like, with songwriting and, and storytelling in general, I think you want to write from specifics but in a way that is open enough for people to identify with it Mm -hmm. themselves and so this kind of was inspired by a a certain dynamic and like a a really frustrating kind of creative dynamic but then as like other things in life started to play into it it was like they all kind of like wove together to kind of create this situation where it like it could kind of be applied to Mm -hmm more like personal matters as, as well and I think that like that's kind of what's it's like an emblem it's like an answer to its own question in a gotcha way. so I think that like that made it really satisfying also for us and something that we were like really excited about because mm-hmm. yeah well and you, you one thing you mentioned a little bit earlier that kind of cued a thought was uh, you had mentioned you know like as a creator, you you want to take into different things into account, especially like world events and stuff like that. And I, I noticed on your social media too that <clears throat> that you guys are are uh, pretty outspoken about uh, you know race equality, Black Lives Matter right now. Is that something you guys have ever thought about? Have you ever written about that or thought about writing about that? Especially spending time in LA, where I mean it's obviously an issue everywhere, but yeah, especially in LA. I would say that it's not a huge part of our, like, lyrical content. Right, okay. It's just not our experience, and yep. so I think that our band has never been, like, overly political in that mm-hmm. sense, but since we have a platform, I think it's important that we are authentic and express right. how we feel, mm-hmm. and, and I think take it or leave it as, as, a, as a fan, some, I mean, some of those posts, we lost a bunch of fans that day, and, like, that's upsetting that people could feel so differently than we right. do about these things but it is um, unquestionably a much more heated debate than I think it should be or even a conversation that mm-hmm. it should be and, it, and it's, it's really opened up um, a lot more conversation but I think it definitely made me uncomfortable that people could disagree with this very right. seemingly yeah. simple position Yeah, and I think that we you know living in LA it's very different you know, the way the, the world set up the dynamic that it is here, and I think you see a lot of different things, but but for us, I think that when we were writing this record, especially, it was just more about focusing on a lot of the nostalgia and the sort of um, imagery and iconic things that are put forward by Hollywood or by mm-hmm. these, like, Western films and all that stuff, and so that... Um, in itself is is where we directed the, the conversation mm-hmm. in the lyrics for the record and so it wasn't a, a super exploratory as far as like politics are concerned yeah it's just not a huge part no of and I, I didn't mean it like everyone should everyone should write songs about this now because I mean like likely if, if I was a songwriter I probably wouldn't either because yeah. I'm not really in the position mm-hmm. to either but I just wondered if it was something that was on your mind and maybe you well, wrote I th- about I it think in the larger sense that like there is a, a constant criticism of the way that like the history of pop culture and mm-hmm. media shapes our understanding and the way right. that we interact with 
different elements of the world. And, you know, we've spoken kind of about representations of masculinity and, and gender expectations and stuff like that, and emotional expressions, and, you know, there's more stuff like Wes is talking about, like with Western movies and just like mm-hmm. the kind of history of, of cinema and in the symbolism of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not playing into the glorification of it it's more like once you look under the hood or you apply a critical lens to any of these things that we kind of take for granted Mm -hmm. uh, you start to see that there are like philosophical issues and like ethical (laughs) questions and and I think that like much in the way that you know we're more specific about topics that are directly you know experienced by us um, it's the same kind of approach I think that mm-hmm. you know other people are taking looking at just in general the way that right. we see things represented in the news and and how some people can analyze that and be like whoa that's totally messed up and then other people just take it as like it's the news so it's mm-hmm. the truth or you right. know, whatever so absolutely yeah the and you mentioned the kind of old Hollywood spaghetti western style theme that you guys kind of frequently come back to I've noticed and uh what I found interesting is is the the music itself had kind of changed quite drastically from one album to the next between Warring and um, sorry what was the last Centerfold. Album? Centerfold that was it um, the the music itself had changed quite a bit but that theme has kind of strung along even with the change in music yeah I think it's like I think about it like our take on this stuff or the way we present it is sort of tongue in cheek I think about it mm-hmm. almost like I. I, I I think one thing we've always loved watching movies in the studio and having things playing and having these visual cues. Yeah. And so I've started to think a lot about writing music or producing music or presenting music the same way like a director might present yeah. a film. So I think about even this record a lot like maybe a movie like Wolf of Wall Street where somebody uninformed can just watch it and think this is a terrible celebration of this guy that just wreaked havoc on people and made a lot of money but I think it's really just it's a skating review of how terrible this person is and if you identify that being great then maybe that's something that you need to evaluate about yourself if that makes any sense and so I think that what we're trying to do a lot in this record is is present the things that um we were thinking about and how they affected us but I think that there's a a harsh uh, or a large part of it where people see what they see in it and that's sort of has they have to sort of wrestle with how they're identifying with those mm-hmm. those concepts or those things and I think Boy Zone speaks to that and I think a lot of the songs on the record have this sort of duality to them mm-hmm. and I think that that was something that we that's how we chose to explore certain themes instead of being super overt with them mm-hmm. and I think it, it speaks to a lot of things I think that instead of celebrating the cowboy narrative it's sort of like what has this done for us mm-hmm. having watched these movies right growing up or, or these other you know Tarantino movies or whatever they are right. like what is that putting into your brain and your expectation for life and things <laughs> like that and I, I think that the you know earlier stuff was more it's less of a pop culture reference and mm-hmm. more like a lot of Cormac McCarthy novels and yes, these yeah. kind of things whereas this new record I think focuses more on the sort of pop the, uh, the Look Me in the Eyes video reminded me a lot of um, Bad Times at El Royale I don't know if you yeah. saw that movie yeah. last year um, that's just the vibe I got anyways yeah yeah, yeah it is interesting how like it, 
in general we see these like surges of of reference to different eras and different yeah. aesthetics you know like we had the whole 80s thing yes the 80s right. comeback yeah. that happened and and you know now I don't know it's 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 morphed into kind of different eras maybe it's not as specific but it is yeah it is interesting how you see things pop up in film and music and yeah. style and design like everything kind of like weaves in and you almost wonder why because you know we've had this like you're saying this western cowboy kind of interest in a long time it's almost like it's for a long time with the other themes but like right now it's also it happens to be having a bit of a moment yeah you're seeing what you know diplo is generally an indicator of like a high level of pop culture right and and, and orville pack you know in canada really doing his thing and I don't know. We're just seeing a lot of that, and it's just yeah. interesting. I'm like curious why, like what, yeah, what, what brought, sparked this, yeah, but what? but somehow we're all participating in it, so yeah. it's kind of cool. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I think our take on it's slightly different than the just like country sort of. I think pop right. country is having a huge resurgence, and our our record is definitely not pop country by right. any means. It's more of the imagery and the symbolism and stuff like that that I think we went after. But for sure, the aesthetic is definitely hyper present, mm-hmm. and I think that. You know, for a long time, Western movies were a big deal, and then we just moved that frontier to space, and then we made a bunch of space movies, which are the same right. exact thing, but just with lasers and spaceships and <laughs> aliens and all this stuff. And I think maybe, you know, there some of that stuff's coming back down to Earth, and they're, and they're starting to present these narratives, and maybe with a, a better clarity of what those movies should be representing, and I think gotcha. that, and maybe that's why it's sort of popping up a bit. Makes now. me think of that. There's a, I watched a little thing about Hans Zimmer and Christopher Nolan when they were working on Interstellar. Right. And, and Christopher Nolan was like very adamant, like this is not a space movie. Yeah. This is a family movie. Which it's really this not. A, this, is a, this is a story about it just family. to be in space. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> kind of, yeah. yeah, like I just think that's kind of a cool way. It like is. Like Wes is saying, like he changes the, you change the location, but the far reaches of outer space or the wild west you know it's a, it, yeah doesn't there's matter this where, yeah. frontier kind of aspect to it and exploration and the unknown and the yeah. law like there's just so many similar themes did you guys see Tenet yet? no no I'm I have not pumped I'm to pumped it. to see it yeah. I also oh they released the score today so I really want to check oh, it oh really? yeah I think you're going to hate it have you heard the reviews of it that the sound is so loud that it's like hard to watch is it, it? Hans Zimmer? I don't it's know who, Ludwig Göransson. okay but apparently it's so loud that people like can't watch the movie. Interesting. And oh. you're already like so. I've seen 15 minutes of it because yeah. they showed 15 minutes of it before Star Wars. If you saw it in IMAX. Oh. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Cool. So, and that 15 minutes was pretty sweet. So yeah, for sure. I am looking forward to seeing it. But yeah, apparently it's super loud. People are like having difficulty hearing the the dialogue. The, the dialogue, dialogue, but also oh. like just normal loud movies. Okay. Yeah, sometimes but what it's if just, just punishing in the theater. It's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Like uh, Blade Runner twenty four nine was like that. It was just like cool music, cool everything. It's too loud. Like, <laughs> too loud. Like it's like, like going to a Metallica yeah. concert. It's like uh, okay. Like uh, there's like a bunch of memes that they think that Christopher Nolan's gone deaf. Like that's oh like, really? Make it louder. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds yeah. me of uh, that old Simpsons or whatever. Favorite is like the sound system and it, the old folks' home, and it's like blaring everyone's face back, and all yeah. the old folks are like, "Turn it up!" Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. gonna be me soon. But uh, well, maybe if you just listen to the soundtrack on its own, then you oh. might not have the same issue. But yeah, you know, I, I'm, I plan to do that soon. We'll yeah. yeah, I'm sure that's great. Also, I saw this like Ridley Scott show that series that's coming out that looks pretty interesting. It's on HBO. Mm. What's it called? Um, 
Uh, raised by wolves. Right, yeah. yeah. Raised by wolves. Yeah, I mean, I have what? no idea how it's going to turn, but it's it looks kind of interesting. Yeah. 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 Anyways, along the same line. Uh, one other, couple other topics. Um, one thing I noticed is we're coming up to 10 years on your self-titled album. Sweet. That means it reverts back. Which, yeah, man. Yeah. We get it back from arts and crafts. I think. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I think so. There you go. Yeah, so a, I think twenty twenty one will be ten years. Wow. So I'm old. Maybe. Maybe. Would you guys? I mean, <laughs> I guess all things considered, what like would you have any plans to celebrate that album or do I, anything for that album? I I still like I listened to that album not that long ago because I probably haven't listened to it in five years and. It's cool. I mean, it would be super interesting to remix it, remaster it, and, right. and, 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 uh, and give it a new, sort of like give it a facelift. The same with Asia, which is probably the next year, but I bet you they, like we did them in the same year. Um, Asia especially, because I think that, that record really resonated with a lot of people, or, or pissed a lot of people off, but um, it would be cool for sure. It's definitely something that's been on the radar, being aware that those records are coming up on their, their ten year anniversary. Yeah. And um, and seeing yeah, I think it'd be cool to, to explore it. I just think it's there's moments where I'm like, that's awesome and then yeah. I'm like, can I just spend my time and energy on what's making what, a sweet new stuff new yeah. record. So. Yeah, I mean I don't know like looking back, I don't I wouldn't personally be that interested in reopening anything because right. I feel like it's they're all like time capsules of of where you're at you know musically and right. you know you hear things you're like oh that's when I got that guitar and I put it on and I want to put it on every song oh or, yeah it's right. been like re-recording it's been like a new mix or a new yeah but I feel like it's also like a kind of the sound of the time like it just shows what we were influenced by you know we were listening to totally different music yeah you know in, but you're collaborating with totally different people this playlist options on Spotify the oh yeah see we got one. right right we got the algorithmic yeah you can get people back into question the here that said I think by the time this new record is fully out I don't know if the I'm sure that they would respect that the album's cool but I'm not sure that people that love this record would be like fired up for that record maybe I mean, there'll be like a, a, too, yeah. a like Indie comeback, yeah, like two yeah. thousands like indie class. resurgence, like in ten years, yeah. and then one of our old songs will be like some a huge hit. massive. Yeah, <laughs> you know, anything can or, happen. Or Think. we'll be like Rage Against the Machine or like Big Chili Peppers. We have to apologize for spawning like all of the worst bands. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I heard that one song, and all these bands, all these terrible bands, are because of your one Darcy song that we heard. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> You've done nothing good for this world. Or you could, you know, in a perfect world again, you could do an anniversary show. Yeah, I would like... that album beginning I think that end. would be cool. That kind of stuff would be super fun. And, like, reissuing... I think we're sold out of most of the vinyl, definitely for Asia and mostly for self-titled. So I think it would be cool to, you know, reissue that and, and do some... Well, I, I read, too, at the time that you guys were making that album, you guys kind of had this string of hardship where I think there was even a time we were held at knife point or something like that. Oh, yeah. We, had, we lived a lot of lives. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That was a definitely, I, I think that if there was some sort of boot camp for being in a band, we we uh, went through yeah, every, thing, yeah. we fell We've off, seen a thing or we two. slid off everything through the mud and got tangled in the rope and whatever, but we managed to, to get to the finish line and then, I mean, it's not easy all the time, but it's a little bit easier. Yeah. 
but I think when you're just like a young band and you're eager and you're out there all the time doing as much as you can obviously you're gonna run into um, we were hit by a semi truck on the highway in the van which was terrifying Jeez. and the you know, getting stuck up at knife point is definitely not fun. And so, what like what happened there? I mean, just... we slid on some ice, and then this truck just hit us. It was, it was terrifying and terrible, and and I definitely thought that was the end of yeah, yeah. everything. There's definitely our. And you guys have all your limbs still, so O'Doyle rules sort of yeah. vibe. Yeah. So that I mean, we had other members in the band that left on the eve of album releases and all this stuff. Right, right. Everything that could happen happened. But at the same time, I think it made us. It made us more resilient and, yeah. and and better. It forced us to do things we wouldn't normally have done, and, and I think that that's what got us to to where we are today, wherever that is. This park, <laughs> yeah, Dover Court Park. That's right. On a Thursday, Thursday, right? Thursday afternoon. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it's definitely been definitely been uh, an amazing run of crazy shit. Yeah, but, but a good good one, I think. You can write a I had a good time. <laughs> We, we could we time. could write a really exciting biopic though. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, who would play Wes? That's the real question. <laughs> that's a good call. We should figure that out. Mm. I don't know. Chris Pine. That'd be oh. great. I like that. I like that. I feel good about that. You you have like a very uh, Chris Hemsworthy vibe. That's he, what, that would he'd sure have to be. lose a little yeah. weight, but sure. <laughs> Not weight, muscle. Yes, <laughs> muscle, right. yeah. Mass. Yeah, yeah mass, right. muscle, yeah. mass. Yeah. But or that, or the world I, could just think that I'm amazingly ripped. Yeah. There you go. Maybe uh, that's probably where I got the uh, bad times vibe too. There you go. Yeah, um, yeah, right. I haven't actually seen that movie, but I I know it's it's, like it's a, okay. It wasn't as good as I it had didn't hoped get great it would reviews. be. It's kind of like a pop. Tarantino it looks movie. nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looks I'm nice. I'm down for it. I, I should just put it on one day. Oh, yeah. One day when I've made dinner and I'm about to watch the movie and can't think of one and then eat my whole dinner and don't watch a movie. Right, right. I'll just put that on. That, yeah, that's it's a, it's a good plan for that one. I mean, I, I'd be fine with Chris Hemsworth playing me in a movie. That's, yeah, that'd be it's not bad It's acceptable. It's not bad at all. That's it, yeah. He's on the list. That's okay. Well, that's pretty much... Oh, I have. Who ran 5K in 20 minutes yesterday? Not me. me. That you? Me. Yeah. That's a good time, man. That's I was, a very good time. I was, I was having a bad day. I was having a rough day. I had a lot of bad energy. Oh, that's usually when you can get the also best Also lied. It was in. 20 minutes and 23 seconds. Oh. I thought I could, because I get the pace in my ear, and I was like, I have to run this last kilometer in like three yeah, minutes yeah. and 31 seconds to break yeah. 20 minutes. And I was like, I started like ripping it, and then I was like, there's no way. I can yeah. get this up, so. Well, yeah, Blink-182 tunes help, Man, that's right? a great running record. Yeah, I love like the thing on like, Spotify where you see what your friends are listening to, and I always know when Wes is working when out. When he's running? It's like, it's like really fast <laughs> stuff. Like, like, yeah. yeah, he's just digging back into Me some like, I always awesome... Put on, yeah, I always put on like Iron Maiden albums or something when I'm going for a run. Wes has like Slipknot real, going on. Like, em, Emma got me into Slipknot while... Well, working yeah. out but Slipknot's like weirdly more melodic than I would have yeah, ever they're, thought they're, I actually had Corey Taylor on this podcast oh, oh wow yeah. cool and like very cool dude very yeah. cool dude he's actually releasing a solo album I think soon. I saw that actually yeah I actually got an email from Warner about it nice. new workout but, tunes yeah there you go new, yeah new I think but, I sent you one of those songs I was like this whole thing was to promote that release yeah. that was it to, <laughs> to promote Corey Taylor's album Corey Taylor yeah, yeah. it's the but longest no, way to get 20 there 20 minutes is a good time once you can break that 20 minute mark then. I don't think I'll ever break the 20 no? minute mark no I mean maybe I've only been running for like I bet you could do it today a month and a half I haven't I I've never I haven't recorded my 5k time in a while the best I ever did was I did 10 in 38 minutes yeah that's fast so but it was in the it's 
a little bit of an asterisk because I did it in I did it in a race. It was like the Sporting Life race, oh, which down, is yeah. down Young Street or whatever. Yeah, but I mean, it is way. 10k, like. For sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a huge yeah. like. I like the 5k is mostly my like. I have half an hour right now. I haven't done any exercise today. Right. I'm gonna run and get back. Well, that's good pace, man. But I try to alternate the 10k in, but my 10k pace is not. Yeah, great. maybe like if you speed up the album a little bit, <laughs> same uh, album, but just it's, speed it up. It's crazy because I don't feel like I listen to the music. It's just like. It's just the, the, the but beat. then it hits that one song about like the parents' divorce. It's got the low verses, and I'm always like, gotta skip it because I'm like, I can't, I can't oh, lose yeah, this yeah, time yeah. right now. I can't now. use it. Yeah, can't lose this time. So. Maybe we'll make a, a workout. A running record. album. That's the Darcy's running album. I would love to do that. Just beats. And you can go back to the 80s, the retro 80s. Uh, we'll just we'll put, like, remix. Spandex on LCD and, Sound System did that, didn't they? Did they? Yeah, they Nike did like one. an 80s aerobic uh, no, it was just, album. Like, a Nike <laughs> album that was like built for like running. I think we should just take our album, remix it with like a bunch of fat beats yeah, yeah. chop it up like pitch shift it like just freak it drops, out and make it like drops and like it. yeah do you remember that that video that went viral it was like the 80s workout video yeah. and it was like had that repetitive song the do 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 and it was just like yeah the yeah anyways i showed that to my mom one day and my mom was just like yeah <laughs> she's like this is the life that I was live. yeah i did that yeah <laughs> it's like oh Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's not so funny. You have to picture your mom in that outfit then. Oh, okay. Well, now you did. No. Now you did. <laughs> Thanks for that. And on that note, <laughs> we're all thank you to the Darcy's for, yeah. for joining us. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for coming to the park. And of uh, yeah, thank you to the couple doing Tai Chi behind us. And yeah, that was interesting. The guy rummaging through the garbage and the garbage truck. But yeah, we had we a got lot through of, it. We had a lot and of the dog. Just barking the, bark, yeah, the barking dog. But hey, I guess cicadas. Hey, you know it's uh, September and beautiful. That's it. Toronto, yeah, actually, Ontario. we should be pretty thankful to have this on. I think. So I think with global warming and whatever else, we're gonna have this through to the mid of November. Forever. Yeah. Until well, we we're underwater. Yeah. yeah. So enjoy right. it while it lasts. Cheers, guys. Thanks very much. Eh? Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Adamantium Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd absolutely love for you to subscribe to us on whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. I'd also love to see you on social media. You can follow on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Thank you again so much for listening.